0: go ahead John (laughs) hello I'm John Bullock and you're listening to Apostasy Now okay are you you wanting another bumper for me or are you just going to use the one that I did last time I was here wait a minute his was better than mine I want to do mine over
1: (laughs) find me on Twitter at at B-E-A-G-R-I-E there's a link
0: in the bio you can find just about everything I'm doing from there on the anti-social justice podcast of course the you and I forgot to say about it. And, uh, I am SubmanUSN on the Apostasy Now podcast. And, uh, you can also find me on Twitter at SubmanUSN and I have a YouTube channel SubmanUSN I have a blog at, uh, Skeptischism with a S-C-H schism dot at, uh, our slash uh, periscope depth. Go ahead, John. <laughs> this is Subman USN, and you are listening to Apostasy Now. You are listening to Apostasy Now. <laughs> like a like a jazz. Radio yeah. station DJ here. Apostasy Now. It's uh, My name is John Bullock. It's 20 past the hour, and you're listening to Apostasy Now. <laughs> this is Subman USN, and you're listening to Apostasy Now. My name is John Bullock. It's 20 past the hour, and you're listening to Apostasy Now. <laughs> All right, guys. So again, thanks for having me on, John. I'll see you on Twitter, and it's always good to hear you. You too, mate. And uh, take it easy, guys. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I hope it was a good show. (laughs) Take care.
2: Welcome back to Apostasy Now. This week, we're going from Alpha to Bravo Team. Guests Damian Reinhardt and Brian Allen are kind enough to show up. And we start getting into discussing some of the ins and outs of Identity politics, How it's affecting Gamergate. And next episode is going to be an interview with the amazing Tombstone about his new album, Cosmic. Cosmic's an album I recommend, and you should go and check it out now. But if you don't have time... Pop in, listen to him, I guarantee you're going to want to go and check it out after that. And hopefully after this uh, interview with Tombstone, we'll have a chance to have uh, Charlie team, a third team of people that come in uh, and have a discussion again about this ongoing phenomenon which I'm interested in, mostly because it's about ideology and it's happening real time. It's happening right now. And I think it's a good example and excellent opportunity to explore. So, without further ado, here's the next episode. Welcome to Apostasy Now. Who are you? Centauri's the name. I invented Starfighter, which is why I'm here. It is? It is.
3: We have to talk about a matter of utmost importance. Because I'm very much a skeptic, More, I'm, I'm more of a skeptic than I am an atheist. I mean, atheist is a conclusion based on my skepticism. You'll have to come like a little child to the foot of the cross. But that attitude is what is
0: responsible for the rise of atheism.
4: That's not what Islam is all about. Islam is peace. What is the penalty for leaving the Muslim faith with a death penalty? Thank you. This is apostasy
3: now.
4: For people to get
3: the information correct before they start yap, yap, yapping.
2: Get ready to root for the bad guys.
4: Because we need evidence.
0: The only evidence.
2: Well, last week... See, normally with my show, I set up with just one or two people on a, on basically a project they're involved in or something like that. Mm-hmm. That's been the the traditional show that we've we've gotten into doing. But recently, um, a couple times just for fun, we opened it up to talk about whatever we wanted with a few other podcasters, and that was a lot of fun. And then when Gamergate came up, I was like, let's do at least a couple episodes where we gather a few different people together and hear, you know, the different uh, the different ideas while they're in discussion about it. Yeah, yeah. A few I think a few different point of views. Uh but to be fair, to one of the uh, often uh, criticisms that I think is blown way out of proportion, last uh last group that we had were all white dudes. Oh no. <laughs> yeah. Well it's just it's the the group that seems to be sitting around on the computer all the time.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's because we've got our wives doing our laundry, because we're uh <laughs> yeah, patriarchal that's right. that's, yeah, that's right. bastards. <laughs> Well, the first person I thought to invite was an Asian girl, so that, that gives me some diversity points, I hope. Yeah. I identify as Puerto Rican, but my perspectives are generally white.
2: And, you know, and some it depends how, you know, when you're talking to someone uh, that's really far out crazy on the left like that, I've noticed that uh, in specific, if you don't, if you look like you could pass for either uh, white or, like you say, in your case, um, you identify as Puerto Rican. In, yeah. particular, in particular, though, I noticed Jewish guys... Uh, if they disagree with them, they are white. They're a white man, and if they agree with them, then they defend them as Jewish.
1: <laughs> yeah, uh, whatever happened to race is a social construct, man. Yeah, I, it's it's not uh it's not just about your ancestry or how you look. It's, you know, it's about how society views you. I don't and. Uh, yeah. You don't get to make that decision just by looking at someone. You have to look at their whole family history and their whole – the context that they grew up in. You know, Like I could be as white as this, and if I have gro- grown up in San Juan, then I would be much more authentically Puerto Rican than if I grew up in the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah, you know, It's just – it's about really an individual's experiences, and that's – I think that's what they miss. They want to assign everyone to a group so fast that they miss out on the whole individuation of it.
2: Yeah. I, well, the, the, the reason I call it like the new racism, when I talk about like the people on, on the far left who kind of are obsessed with it is the old racism we all know, right? At this point, we all know, even if people are racist, they know they're racist, even if they won't admit it, (laughs) right? The guy using the old lingo and they know that they're being disrespectful and, and, or discriminating against people. But the new one is more, it's, it's like they believe that what they're doing is for the betterment of mankind in some way, mm-hmm. and they're still obsessed with issues of the way a person looks or the way, you know, basically things the way they were born. Uh, I think it's really unhealthy. I mean, to discuss it from time to time is relevant. To make it your operating system is not a good idea.
1: <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think it's a good lens to view the world through. I mean... No, I mean, I'd I'd almost rather deal with Marxists who view everything through the lens of class, yeah, because class is my I think more of an actual determining factor than uh, technical minority status. Like, you know, you grow up Asian. Oh, well, it's different. Did you grow up Asian in um, in Asia? Did you grow up Asian in part of the world where you know you have like really distinctly cultural distinctly asian cultural experiences or did you grow up asian in the suburbs of oklahoma city and <laughs> have pretty much the same experiences as anyone else growing up in those suburbs yeah it's, again it's uh, my focus is on uh what an individual brings to the table not on like when i glance at them can i ju- can i put them in a bin by looking at them yeah is are you going to open
2: a conversation that if so let's say uh, i've i've had um for hip-hop, I've had Tombstone and Adequate—I don't know what their different backgrounds are, but I know Tombstone's mentioned a little bit that I've heard where he talks about how he came from a very rough background, a very tough neighborhood. And say when he talks to me about that, it is about sharing with me his experiences, his perspectives, and where they come from. That's that's a positive uh, effect. I think that's very relevant. If I had him on the show and he was just like, oh, you're white? Okay, so what you need to do is just shut your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a rough uh, interview of probably a lot of listening to what he had to say and not enjoying the attitude very much. But positive people, I think, will always, uh, you know, positive people are going to address the issues differently. They're going to see the person. They're going to talk about the actions and the attitudes.
1: Yeah, the shut up and listen mentality, for, for whatever reason, it's um, it's popular on the far left. It's it's popular on the far right as well, but they you know, they don't call it the same thing. You know, for them it's all like defer to authority, we've got a holy book, just shut up and listen to the holy book. Yeah. On the left, shut up and listen. It's like I've got a group identity, you don't have it, you need to shut up and listen. And uh and you know, in, in a way, the left has more of a point cuz truly I don't know what it's like to grow up in in Bangladesh. So, if I want to know about that, I should listen to someone who knows about that.
2: But yeah, well, absolutely. At, at that, that's what I'm saying. That, that, that's positive. When someone comes up to me and says, let's say let's say we had a discussion and someone was like, okay, well, I, uh, I grew up on the mean streets of LA and uh, I had family members and gangs. And listen, your experience, you don't understand what I'm talking about. That begins a conversation, right? Where they're like, so let me tell you about it. I'm going to tell you some of the things you need to know. And you're going to have to try and grasp it at how this would affect a person, how it would shape your point of view. So if I listen to that rather than getting defensive, it helps me to try and expand my 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 own perspectives through their experience. Yeah. Yeah. You know, they don't you, seem
1: they don't seem terribly willing to try to see things through other people's eyes though.
2: Yeah, and that's what it is. It's it's just a it's control. They they want control issues. They want uh, their their ideology to reign supreme. This is the righteous cause.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Basically, like yeah. Have faith. Or, or what was the uh what was the expression from Anita Sarkeesian? Listen and believe. Yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry that that sounds so much like something I would have heard in church. It's it's kind of overwhelming as a, you know as a former fundamentalist to actually see somebody seriously put "listen and believe" up as their, as their yeah. slogan, as it were.
2: Well, I don't know if 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 you heard about this, I, I did. Was not aware of it until I watched somebody. Uh, what's this, Mr. Repzillion or something? Was a fill in for the Amazing Atheist on his channel a few days ago, and the beginning of his video. Um, what was it? She's, uh, she was part of a professional speaker organization. They teach you to speak Mm -hmm. and then you go around and you teach other people how to publicly address. It's like a speaking pyramid scheme. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, they had a video of the guy talking about it, who ran it. And then they had a video of her as part of it. So, wow. Uh, I guess she's doing the program just the way they're supposed to.
1: Well, I mean, I have nothing against teaching people public speaking, obviously, um, that sounds a little weird the way the way you described it.
2: it. Yeah, it sounds odd, but I think the thing that I have is that she she makes it sound like it's like a personal um, personally important to her, and that she has these very important values, and that's what's motivated her. But really, what motivated her first was uh, is that this is her career, and it's an opportunity for her to make money. That's what bringing that you know that's what's bringing her forward to do this in the first place. And the difference is that if it's important to you. I think there's a better chance that someone could convince you that some of your points might not be quite right. But if you see this as a large uh, program you're selling, a larger ticket that way, and mm-hmm. it's your career, it's going to be much more difficult because what's bringing you up there is different.
1: Uh, there, is a, there is a career to be had in, in waging feminism against those places where it is not yet accepted. So in the case of Rebecca Watson, it would be you know in atheist spaces. You've got to go in there and kind of feminize the place. Uh, (laughs) I like that term. (laughs) You know, and you have have to show them that like they're they're being shitlords and they're not they're not uh, doing it right. And in the case of Anita Sarkeesian, you you do the same thing, but for games. You say, hey, you guys, you look at sexy women in games, and you might get a hard on, and that offends me. Your boner offends me. And you know, instead of trying to argue as to why it's really a problem, they just throw out buzzwords like objectification. They assume that these gamer bros are like reading Martha Nussbaum or something that they're up on what objectification theory is. Uh, which obviously they're not. And, you know, just shut up and listen. Listen to her experiences. She's a woman. She doesn't like when men look at her uh, as a sexual object. And, of course, being a woman, she knows what it's like to be inside the head of a man, right? She knows what kind of dirty thoughts they have. <laughs> so you should listen to her about what men are like, obviously. <laughs> shut up and listen to her experiences of being a horny man, I guess.
2: it's You know, it's kind of amazing when you think about how they really parallel in many ways what they say they hate about the uh, patriarchy. You know well, uh, wait,
1: what is what is the patriarchy I mean if it's if it's a, a statistical collection of you know like we've noticed a collection of statistical trends like you know the Senate is usually almost entirely men then yeah obviously that's patriarchy there's, I mean there's kinds of patriarchy that I can look at and say yep there it is and yeah. there's other kinds of it's like the patriarchy is doing these things to people like is it I mean is it 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 just seems like an awfully broad term the, I mean the, the amount of things that they they put into it they say well that's because of the patriarchy this is because of the patriarchy like, yeah. it seems like almost any like i stubbed my toe it was the patriarchy <laughs> and so like so there's like one usage of patriarchy that i like, totally make sense and another one that's like what what
2: substitute the devil or substitute the illuminati that this is when they talk about it on a technical level that's what you're what you're getting at and i agree with you it's the implications that they're adding on to it the technical definitions I think anyone who looks at history and understands a little bit about it will understand that there's truth in it, right? oh, yeah. that, that men yeah. were basically in the halls of government and in, in the courts. Um, they were seen often in the West for a long time as heads of the household in a very sort of formal sense.
1: Oh, absolutely. Uh, yeah. I mean, it's genuine patriarchy where like the father is the man of the house and rules the roost. Uh, that I mean, that's basically every human culture. Any anthropologist will say that humans are you know, generally form patriarchal societies. Uh, but like the people complaining about the patriarchy now are living in the least patriarchal societies on the history of the planet, you know, where where they have equal equal access to education and jobs and all the things that most every woman throughout all of history didn't have equal access to, and they're the ones that are have created this bogeyman, the patriarchy. You it's just a little, it's like a little late in coming. It seems like maybe a century ago it would have made a lot more sense to to talk about this, but now it's it's subtle things. Now it's you know tiny pay differences that result that can be measured from like the motherhood penalty you can go and look at the literature on the motherhood penalty and see like this is actually happening yeah and you could call that the patriarchy if you want but i think it'd be actually a lot better to break it down and say this is exactly what's happening you know there's like these little biases that people expect uh they, people expect that once they turn into mothers that they won't be as focused on their career which it turns out is actually a pretty valid thing to expect and so you know they, they tend to adjust downward their, their expectations of those people and that tends to show up in salaries and that's bad you know speaking as, as the husband of somebody who's you know the head of a, a health organization, yeah that's bad <laughs> yeah
2: yeah I totally agree with you. and see this is the, the weird thing is you find yourself if you're like me, you find yourself in a situation where you're like uh, I agree with equality, I agree there are considerations the like, like obstacles we still need to overcome. And that's not being placating. I'm not just patting women on the head and and saying, you know, we need to help you out. I know there are serious things that still need to be adjusted and overcome. Uh, But then these people just race right by
1: and they're like, no, we're going to the top of the hill and we're going to scream. (laughs) And I think it's distracting, like from those those serious issues where I could point to actual studies and say, here's a real problem. Here's Here's an actual bias in our society that leads to an actual disparity. We're distracting from that whenever we look at Bayonetta and we say, she's too sexy. You know, it, it bothers me that uh, extreme beach volleyball is, has a bunch of women in bikinis playing volleyball. Like, I don't, you know, I don't care if that bothers you. You haven't shown that video game violence causes violence, and you haven't shown that video game sexy causes sex or anything about sex. You know, it's, it's if people want to watch sexy movies or sexy video games, I don't care. Why, why is that a problem? You can't just say it's a problem. You have to show, you know, we're, in, in an evidence skeptical way, why it's right. a problem. You can't, just, you can't just cry objectification and you win the argument. That's not how it works.
2: And sometimes it gets under my skin a little bit <laughs> when there's these people who, like most of my family, I don't know about you, but most of my family is, uh, they're Christians, uh, different levels of religiosity. But for instance, my brother's a minister. Uh, my parents raised us uh, Christian. We have aunts and uncles that come over all the time talking about church. Um, and I, I don't battle with them. Every now and then a discussion will come up. But I see them as, as full fledged human beings. And sometimes the harshest critics that I think kind of lose the, sometimes there's a danger of losing the human part of the people you're criticizing. Oh, yeah. So, so some atheists, when they're going after uh, Christians, will then turn around and go, well, listen, you know, just believe what we're saying because everyone knows. When you say, well, give me some evidence, they're like, well, it's evident everywhere around you, you can see it. Or my favorite, uh, I don't have to do your homework for you. Go and do your homework for yourself. <laughs>
1: Yeah, you get that a lot from the from the left. Uh, I'm not sure if that's one of the things that I get a lot from Christians. Uh, Christians are are usually a lot more willing to try to say, well, it's right here in Romans 1, or they'll you know they'll try to yeah say say where I should look. Whereas um, social justice people are pretty much they'll just say you know go read go do feminism 101, you know, something like that. And they don't realize that they don't they don't seem to countenance the possibility that some of us have already read that literature and just don't believe it. Yeah. And it's like, no, I, I've read your objectification theory. I just think it's wrong. I think it's badly evidenced. But that, you know, that's not how it generally goes. Generally, they just if, if you disagree too much, they just kind of block you off. And say, OK, you're blocked, yeah. which I guess is good. I wasn't making progress with them anyway.
2: Well, there's always people. The nice thing is that if you move, move around in these circles, you will find people who are willing to at least have the conversation, even if they disagree with you and you with them. Um, But the people who tend to get uh, on the nightly news, this Gamergate thing, the ones who seem to be getting on the news are the people who um, I wouldn't want to have sitting next to me at a table trying to have a conversation over dinner with my friend. Uh, uh,
1: Yeah, I wouldn't say that the mainstream news has been particularly balanced in in, uh, in its coverage of Gamergate, but that's because the the mainstream news is not well-informed, and they will always gravitate toward whatever the most sensational stuff is.
4: Weekend Update with Norm MacDonald.
0: are safer drivers, men or women? Well, according to a new survey, 55% of adults feel that women are most responsible for minor fender benders, while 78% blame men for
2: most fatal crashes. Please note that the percentage in these pie graphs do not add
0: up to 100% because the math was done by a woman. For those of you hissing at that joke, it should be noted that that joke was written by a woman. So, now you don't know what the hell to do.
1: So if someone's getting death threats, they're going to gravitate towards that. You know how it is. Yeah. I mean, that's what they're going to cover. They're not, they're not going to be like, okay, well let's let's cover the idea of a consumer revolt where these people are upset about the fact that the the journalists who cover their industry are dead set against their subculture. They don't actually appreciate who they are. They you know they write about how the gamers are are bad people and the identity should go away. So we've got these these gamers who love what they do and they they, you know, they identify with the subculture and you've got these elite journalists who are hating on them. Well, what did you think was going to happen? <laughs> of well, course there's a consumer revolt. What the fuck else could happen at this point?
2: Yeah, you know what? Uh, to, to be honest, uh, I'm one of those people that often would joke around. I, I never meant it like with seriousness or weight behind it, but I liked the stereotype as a joke. Uh, sometimes you'll find some funny YouTube videos about the gamer that lives in his parents' basement and he never gets out. And he just sits there all day, right? It's funny, but on some level, I think that that has kind of, you know, been soaking into the public mind that that's what a gamer is. And this, to me, has really woken me up to um, how completely off that is and how it's unfair. It's unwarranted.
1: Well, I mean, how, how broadly or narrowly do we want to define gamer? I mean, to me, a gamer is anyone who spends a significant amount of time playing games, especially if they're doing that in an interactive and social way. So I I would say if you invest, uh, and I know people, I seriously know people who will invest hours a day in Words with Friends, just Words with Friends. They're on it all the damn time. And I know this because when I'm on it all the damn time, they always take the turn right after I did. doesn't matter when I'm playing. They always take the turn right after I did. So I know that they're playing this hours a day. I would say they're gamers, you know? They're not gamers in the traditional sense. They're probably not reading Game Informer because they're Scrabble enthusiasts and there's not going to be a whole lot of reviews of the next <laughs> big upcoming Scrabble app. But, you know, that's what they do. They're gaming. Yeah. And I know that there's a case for saying, you know, there's a much, the, the subculture itself is much narrower on that. And they're the people who actually you know, depend on the journals to give them the reviews for the, the games that are right about to come out next week, that those people are the hardcore gamers. And I get that. I get that.
2: Well, let me run this past you. I, I think this theory has been discussed before, but my own perspective that's popped up uh, well, first of all, you know, the, the schisms that were happening and still continue to be playing out in different levels in skepticism, atheism communities. Um, this is my thought on that. And it seems to be even more so going on here that when a group reaches a certain point, I mean, up to that point, they're small, they're kind of unnoticed, and they have one sort of thing that really glues them together. And they have a very strong unity in that sense. But after they reach a certain point, the divisions are natural. They have to occur. Because either the size of the group or how much attention they've gotten, the other issues will eventually start coming up. They're, humans don't agree on everything. <laughs> so with, you know, for instance, with, with atheism, the right and left politics, uh, I don't think that a lot of these large uh, groups uh, have been equipped for this. Um, mm-hmm. CFI, um, uh, the JREF, they've been, you know, getting steam over a period where it was basically... Uh, atheism and skepticism versus magical thinking and spiritual beliefs. Right. But once you get to a certain mass, a critical mass, it's going to start breaking apart into, well, we kind of have conservative views on the economy, or we have liberal views on social issues, and you have to be prepared to have leaders in place to allow for that division to happen without breaking the whole movement apart.
1: Yeah, you know, I mean... I'm 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 okay with the let's take the cases separately for skepticism for people like JREF and yeah. the, the and the CSI side of CFI CSI the people who do scientific skepticism I think they should be very narrowly focused on the sorts of things that we can test scientifically uh, now either that's going to be doing science outreach on the stuff that's like straight science research or it's going to be going in and researching the charlatans and saying okay we can test your theory that you can talk to the dead we can test your theory that you can read minds. And we're going to use science to test what you're doing. Now, that in and of itself draws a pretty bright line around the enterprise, because there's yeah. a lot of stuff you can't test scientifically. You can't test at this point whether Jesus rose from the dead scientifically. You have right. to do historical analysis for that, and that's you know, that's another field. That's the field of history, or the field of, you know, doing Bayesian analysis on history, like which is really hard to do. But you know, it's epistemology. It's a lot of things, but it's not scientific skepticism. Right. So I would say draw a bright liner on that enterprise. Now as to atheism, that's a whole that's a much harder thing to do because atheism is so such a big tent. You've got these yeah. Ayn Rand objectivists, you've got these communists, you've got everything in between those two positions. You know, you can be godless and have just about any political position. And so I'd say what what you need to do there is achieve as much consensus as you can. You know, like our local atheist group, we march in the pride parade every year. I know that uh, gay pride is still controversial in some parts of America, like where I live. But our group is is large enough and coherent enough around that to where we march in the pride parade every year. And if there are homophobes that are also atheists, we don't, you know, care. We're not. We'll do fine without them. So, you know, for some political issues, I'm willing to say, yeah, it's it's worth it. And for others. It's not. I would I would definitely not want to see the group take a stand uh, as a group against Ayn Rand and say, you know, we don't welcome objectivists into the group anymore. That'd be ridiculous to me. And it wouldn't have a payoff. It wouldn't be worth it.
2: Yeah, because when it comes down to it, the, the, the difference, I guess, skepticism has like a kind of a, a positive momentum behind the word. Right. This is something you you have a methodology, you take claims, you analyze them, break them down. Right. Whereas atheism, people mean it in a vast variety of contexts. A context yeah. is, I don't think that's even a word. But... Different
1: context, different, I mean, <laughs> there's different gods. And let's let's face it, uh, a former Muslim is not fighting against the same idea of God as a former Christian, and they're not fighting against exactly the same doctrines either. And those are two closely related religions. I mean, the, the a former Hindu or a former, uh, what's Hemant? He's a former Jain. Is that right? Um, who who is okay. that right? Hemant Mehta. I believe uh, he was raised in Jainism.
2: Oh, I, I'm not even sure, actually, what his, what his former religious background would be.
1: My point is that you know you're you once you've you've thrown away uh, a a religious uh, moral not a re- you've thrown away the gods and then you throw away that all the religious trappings and then you've got to build your own moral system and you have to decide what's worth keeping you know like in his in, in I'm using him as an example he you know he kept the vegetarianism of his upbringing he still you know, b- believes in that um, he didn't have to do that but he chose to. So I, I guess what I'm saying is atheism is, is, is as broad as, as all the different theisms. It's, you know, we have to address how to grow out of any given uh, form of theism. And that's, you know, it's a lot, lot, that's enough to be going on with without uh, creating litmus tests for ourselves and saying we're only going to let certain kinds of atheists in.
2: Yeah. But with gaming, I think that gaming has – it's interesting. We were talking about how it brings many different people from different walks of life together Right. Um, in the last conversation that I had. And it's really true uh, that – uh, Subman was saying he's friends with someone through gaming. That now that they know more about each other, they realize they never would have become friends ever in any context. Except really? that, yeah, except that as gamers, they were able to get past all of that, become friends, and then kind of go back and discover it about each other later. Uh, and I think that happens actually quite a bit for people that are online gamers. Yeah. But even for people who play it on their own with a, a great storyline, stories uh, are very captivating and, uh, It brings out a wide variety of people. And then when these, you know, you get to a certain point where now gaming culture is kind of being brought out for discussion into a much larger perspective on the media, on society, people are talking about it that normally pay no attention. And there are a lot of different types of people. There's a lot of different ideas, a lot of division. And it's being painted with this one, one image that the people are trying to attack it as being, I don't know, defective in some way.
1: Yeah. Well, uh, you know, now that you mention it, gaming is one of the only things I can think of, uh, with the exception of maybe some forms of sport, that it brings people together from really all walks of life. Like, all, I mean, you can afford a gaming system, so you know, there's going to be a lower threshold there. But, uh, I mean, all kinds of people, um, whereas nowadays everything's getting so, so binned. Like, people that are conservative get conservative news. People that are liberal get liberal news. Uh, pe- whatever centrists are, they can watch CNN, if, you know, of all five of them. <laughs> hey it's brian or it's gonna be brian
2: yeah he told me to give him a ring so we'll see
1: so everything gets you know gets stovepipe people people are hanging out with people who think like them you know
2: yeah get, Every, everyone like, everyone think the same everyone conform to the same beautiful utopian ideals
1: yeah and that's and that's a problem and gaming cuts across those lines you know they don't they don't ask you know what your political views are when, when you're coming in yeah and that's pretty awesome hey brian hey what's going on uh, you good yeah how are you
2: I'm doing right. So it's, uh, so far, you can see it's just you, me, and Damien.
3: Hey! Correct. <laughs> the, the, those are all things that are correct right now.
2: Yes. <laughs> um, so I know that you, you often uh, take a stance of you'll get so interested into a topic, Brian, and then after a while, you're just like, all right, everyone, just fuck off and leave me alone. I'm not that interested. But uh, <laughs> what, what is your perspective on what's been spinning around with GamerGate?
3: Fuck off, just leave me alone. (laughs) Um, I'm not gonna get very far on this. (laughs) (laughs) I honestly don't know which side is supposed to be which. Like, if you're, I don't know what qualifies someone to be a Gamergate person or an anti Gamergate person, because it's hard to find like a clear definition of like, yes, you are, because everybody uses the same hashtag. So I'm like, are people that are for something? They haven't even like really, like, it's truth and journalism, all those things, like, it's hard to def- for me anyway. I haven't been able to find like a clear enough cut answer. So if you guys can explain that, I guess I could pick a side or have an opinion. Oh
1: hell no, I can't explain that. <laughs>
2: I'll give it. I'll give it a go for a generalized reply. I think the two sides, when you explain them, don't really they don't seem like opposites. It's like one person saying sandwich, another person saying airplane. Um, so that's why it seems a little weird. I think the Gamergate side, like you say, is talking about corruption in journalism. Um and but which his... side of
3: the Gamergate side, like the ones that are for it or against it? The the pro Gamergate side. Okay.
1: The, yeah, and then the
2: they, other they s- name
3: themselves after a controversy,
1: which is a little confusing to begin with. Yeah,
3: that's <laughs> that's the most annoying part. I'm like, okay, well, which side is the guy? like? I don't want to pick a side. Oh, like, I, I do you know, Fuck about any of them, their opinions. I'm like, I like video games. Go fuck yourself. Like, this if you don't like, like... <laughs> playing video games, don't play video games. Like, if it's, you don't like playing video games, it's fine.
1: It's like if the people who caught Nixon's cronies had named themselves Watergate.
3: Yeah. (laughs) Like something like when it's a gate, it's like speaking of a specific event, not the followers of the event.
2: Yeah. Well, I I think it just incidentally became a flag for people to rally around, I guess, on both sides of the event. And then there's, of course, Not Your Shield, which is related, but it's more specifically about uh, countering the uh, anti-gamer gate uh, use of anyone who's not a white male, straight white male or whatever and these are people who don't agree with them and they're saying don't speak for us
1: okay yeah, cuz nothing pisses off uh, black women gamers so much as being called white men yeah.
3: <laughs> they don't love they don't love that in this day and age everything should piss you off if you're called a white man even if you're a white man <laughs> you just pissed me off yeah <laughs> i mean honestly with the video game stuff i like video games i don't really care about the personal politics of I any mean, like should journalism be honest yes but let's face it reviewers aren't journalists like they're just giving it a, a subjective opinion there's no objectivity in that,
1: but but surely, I mean, if they were getting paid to, uh, like, here we're g- not just we're, we're not just going to give you a copy of the game, we're going to give you a five thousand dollar PC to play it on. Surely that's beyond the level of you know what's acceptable, even in gaming review.
3: Well, and, and, I mean, there's nothing wrong with getting kickbacks from a company. Just you can't take their opinion as valid for a review.
2: Well, what it, what the argument is, is that you can take them, but you need to disclose it to your readers.
3: Absolutely. And I thought you yeah. had to based on the FCC or some shit. Yeah, like but if they you don't. are if but you were taking paid kickbacks and you're a legitimate thing. Like, I mean, anytime but, that somebody wants to give me money, I'll absolutely because I'm like, hey, they paid me to say this because it's fucking cool. Or, hey, they paid me to say this. I don't really care about it, but they gave me $20. So fucking buy it.
2: Well, there was. OK, so there is a lady. I can't. Sorry, I can't can't remember her name, uh, that was being interviewed by David Pakman just a few days ago, I think. Um, yeah, I don't think it was long ago I watched this, and I didn't watch the whole interview, but I watched through a few uh, awkward questions where he was asking her. She seems very, you know, very level-headed. She's like very neutral on a lot of, a lot of the arguments going on. But at the same time, she was also trying to, like, water down and downplay any of this type of bribing that's been going on. And he said to her, what if... Would you say it's crossing a line if someone says we want you to give a good review for our game? And by the way, here's a brand new, you know, really high-end laptop to play it on. So just take that home and hopefully, wink, wink, you'll give us a good review. And her reply was, well, it's a little bit ridiculous to think that game reviewers should be paying out of pocket to review your game. I was like, Well, yeah,
1: of course course (laughs) that's ridiculous. That's why they're on the payroll of a place like Game Informer. That's who, you know that's the company that pays them to review games, and they're the ones that should
3: be paying for hardware obviously. <laughs> I mean honestly, I don't even – I don't pay attention to game reviews. I'll watch a Let's Play. Like let me see actual footage without an opinion because it's up to me to make an opinion about a product. I mean I'm yeah. going to try it. I'm, like I've never went to a movie based on somebody telling me it was good. Somebody said it was good, and I was like, OK, I'll check out the trailer, and then I would go watch the trailer and then make my decision. Or they said, hey, this movie is really shitty. It's got a really fucked up sense of humor. I'm like, well, it sounds right up my alley. I'm gonna go watch the trailer and then I'll decide if I want to watch the movie. We leave too much in the hands of people that review things a lot of times because we can't be bothered. Well, like, I don't
1: give. I don't really give a shit about game reviews. I I don't play games. Uh, I'm not like the kind of gamer that plays the game that just came out uh, this week. So that's that's the only gamer that really needs reviews. Advance reviews are the people who buy games that are coming out like on Friday and they're gonna buy them on Friday and they're gonna play them that night. Uh, everyone else can just wait till the word of mouth or the YouTube videos come out.
3: Yeah. Well, that's why – I mean like I watch – a lot of the stuff I watch, like there's a company called Rooster Teeth. They do – they don't do game reviews. They just play video games and record it and put it online. So I'll watch them play a game and see if it looks fun or not. Yeah. And that happens before it comes release date because they they get pre-release titles. Um, But things like that, I mean – and a lot of hardcore gamers, they know what they're going to like because they already have a loyalty to a studio, a lot of loyalty to a franchise per se or anything Mm -hmm. like that. I mean I know I'm going to buy the Halo Master Chief collection on Tuesday. Because I've played Halo before and I liked it. I don't need somebody being like, Oh yeah, look at all these things. I'd give it a nine point five out of ten. Like, I don't give a shit. I think the world could get by just fine without games journalism.
1: But even if even if games journalism went away completely, there would still be social justice warriors complaining about women being too sexy in games.
2: Yeah, did you guys hear the the example I used the other day was have you guys did you guys hear about the Spider Woman uh new release special covers that came out and the big fighting that was going on about that.
3: Here's the thing. If they want to do something about that, they need to stop shaming people, just stop buying the games. Because companies like that don't give a fuck about the social opinion. They care about sales. Well, well that's, that's true. The, like if that's they That's the if point they... in shaming people is to drive sales, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> well, like if so if There are games that I've heard about people getting really pissed off about, and they start blowing it up on the internet, things I didn't even know about. Now I'm interested in playing them to see what the fuck all the hubbub's about. (laughs) So they've indirectly been really good marketers for a lot of things out there, like that game Hatred. There was a trailer for it that went up online. I'd never heard of this fucking game. It's a little indie game. But it had like this horrible fucking – I don't even – it's very subjective to say it. it's horrible. It was just somebody killing somebody that was saying, please don't kill me, blah, blah, blah. And everybody was like, oh, what the fuck? Is this This is going to help me? Video games are blah, blah, blah. I'm like, thank you. You're just helping market for them. People always
1: whine for their lives when you're about to kill them. It's so predictable. Yeah.
3: Well, everybody is just getting pissed off. At, like, well, that's not the type of game I would play. And now people are going to be like, well, maybe I would like it.
1: So uh,
2: yeah, I have the thought that – Video games now are reaching the level where they I some of the stats I'm seeing for how much money is spent on them, how much money they make, they're kicking Hollywood movies in the nuts sometimes. It depends on the game, but they can they can do that. They can just trample them, um, for how much you know, success they can have or how much failure.
1: And doesn't I and mean, doesn't that make perfect sense? Think about how many times you replay a game as opposed to how often you rewatch a movie. Yeah. Well also you, think about the price you pay for a video game. Yeah, I mean, like just proportionally, like if let's like, say a movie costs uh, Ten bucks, in a video game costs fifty bucks, right? Yeah. Even if, even if I watch that mo- that two hour movie five times in a row, it, I'm still not going to get anywhere near the amount of hours of fun as I'm going to get out of that game.
2: Well, the the, uh, the concern I have is that if you remember, I don't know if you guys remember, back in the '80s, I don't know how old you guys are, but back in the '80s, we were going through a period of movies need to be conservative. There, I remember references to, for instance, James Bond had to tone down the violence and the sexiness in the sh- in the movies. And this was from social pressure and legislature, uh, legislators that were putting pressure on the movie industry.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: And so when the, media is, when the narrative in the media is spread to the larger culture enough, it can have an impact on how much you're going to enjoy these games and how much they're going to cater, even to a paying crowd. It depends on the type of pressure and how it works. If they're getting enough attention at the highest levels, then these messages can be insidious and dangerous. And I don't like it. I think it's dishonest.
3: I mean there's a point whenever you're developing something that you want to hit every sense you can, whether it be sex appeal, action, violence, all those things. You've got a, a combination that you want to hit on a lot of different levels so you can appeal to a broader audience. Now, that being said, it doesn't mean that you know there's a, every game is valid for every person, and that's what I'm saying. They should vote with their dollars and not with their um, just complaining and moaning. Because all they're doing is making it more popular. The less they do it, the the less they purchase those games, the less they're going to be like, okay, well, this isn't a profitable profitable model anymore. The second that they go, they're okay, well, some guys like really hot girls in video games. You know who's not buying those games? All the people that don't want to play games with just really hot girls in them, and that's the only point of it. Nobody's well, buying I, that game. But there is a market. They would not be content. I mean these social justice people, they would not be content
1: uh if the people who aren't into looking at sexy women stop buying games with sexy women they want the people who do enjoy looking at sexy women to stop doing it yeah because they, they want us to feel guilty the way you know like christians want us to feel guilty about well,
3: that well you can't thought police the world and they're they're no. failing on that you can't be the, the mental Batman of the world that they want to be like, Oh, we got to make it right or anything like that. Like people are going to be shitty There are things like if it infringes on someone else's right there, there are natural, like standard rights between humans yeah. that we have and that we exist in. Like, you know, I'm not going to steal your shit, but you know, having a thought is yeah. not illegal <laughs> or wrong. A and, notion. Yeah. And things like that. It's, it's not perpetuating an environment because the thing that they should be going is like, Hey, don't actually go into a post office and shoot people. Hey, don't just pull your dick out on a train. <laughs> I think we can that. agree with some of that. Yeah, I think I'm down with yeah. what I'm saying. So, but A, don't check out a, a 3D stripper's ass in a video game based on when the mission is um, help a stripper move a car. You know, and you, oh, that's fucking really nice modeling. Like, guys, been doing that shit since it was like fucking any girl that's ever been in a video game. So, and any guy that's been in a video game, I mean, well, then again, we don't really get bent out of shape about the characters in Gears of War being all muscly and shit, but. You you
1: almost never hear men complaining about that. Even the really, you know, feminist men, you almost never hear them saying, man, it really bugs me that. These men look so hot. I'm never going to be that hot.
4: Look at you tiny, itty, bitty men running from Sandwich. Sandwich and me going to beat your ass. (laughs) Had the social justice
3: warriors started showing up at conventions and bitching at cosplayers? Uh-huh, I don't know. It'd be interesting to know, right? It'd be interesting to find out if there are groups that are going there. Like if they're just outside protesting, man. Like, why the fuck are you dressed like this thing?
2: I know that at least some of them are going there uh, individually or in small groups and claiming that they're everyone hates them now.
1: <laughs> well, they've definitely made it to where you can't use sex appeal as part of your booth. I mean, that's definitely happened.
2: Well, okay. So the reason I brought up the Spider Woman thing is what happened was I don't I don't know if you guys follow comic books at all, but it's related. So recently, they were going to release Spider-Man number one. They were going to reboot this character. And so they had, I think, three or four special types of covers that were going to be designed by this well-known Italian artist. And when he created the po- the picture for her, she's in a Spider-Man pose, but she's a woman, right, with a skin-tight outfit. So the feminists went crazy. This is sexual exploitation. It's um, uh, what is it? objectifying women. Yeah. It's going to, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they ended up firing the guy and scrapping the the uh, the images and creating new ones and so i got into a debate on this on a facebook post for some reason and finally at the end of it i was being basically tired and feathered by these people so i basically said after debunking all of their their theories it got down to think of the children you know poor children we'll see somebody this
1: think of the children
2: <laughs> and so i put up a picture of um a burka and i said i've just saved us all this is the new spider woman <laughs> our, our natural conclusion because like, women are not this this fragile creatures that need men to, to rush in and sweep right. them off their feet to make sure no one sees their boobs if they you're want saying to...
1: they're not damsels is that what you're trying yeah, to say exactly
2: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know what sometimes uh, i i know women who like comic books and they like the women who f- who have a flair the characters who have a flair in the comic books that includes in part having like a sexual presence on on the pictures I don't I just don't understand. That's I uh, I don't know. It seems related to me. Like a lot of this stuff is the same thing. Oh, that woman character that, that seems to get really positive reactions when we bother to ask women is uh, not wearing enough. So she's objectifying women. It does not compute.
1: Yeah. I'm not. Um, yeah. Well, I, if, if video games don't make people violent, how could they make people, you know, I don't know. It's maybe there's some way that looking at sexy women makes you into a worse person, but you, you know, I haven't seen any studies on that.
2: Well, I would I would agree, but apparently, uh, ever since playing Grand Theft Auto, Brian has been ru- running around and shooting people with a machine gun. So,
3: yeah, that's yeah. all I do every every like fucking Tuesday and Thursday. <laughs> I just run outside, pull somebody out of their nice car, and then drive it off a bridge. <laughs> he single handedly tripled the crime rate where he lives. Yeah, <laughs> all you gotta do is drive away quickly enough, and you're you're not wanted anymore. They just tear up your wanted papers. Like, oh well, he got away. Fuck it. Yeah. No, I mean, there's so. There's a lot of parts of this that I'm trying to stay away from because I think it's just toxic in general. And when people start getting involved, they start ending up in toxic areas. And it's not like fighting for honesty in journalism. It's not you know sexism in gaming. It's that I like to play video games. And I don't want to be in an environment that says, hey, you're bad for doing that because we skin this girl in less clothes than this dude. Like I don't want to feel bad about playing a video game because a video game is fun. Like, are they going to start attacking board games and being like, oh, the fucking sexy mouse or the sexy character in life is not clothed enough? Like, fucking throw that board game in the trash. Like, the queen in in chess is too curvy. <laughs> she, she
1: really is pretty curvy now that you mention it.
3: I mean, oh, the, the point ahead indicates aggressiveness, and that's not right. And fucking, I don't know.
2: Are you psychoanalyzing chess pieces?
3: Yeah. Well, at that point in time, like, what... And I know that's like a bullshit slippery slope thing, like where are they going to stop at? But they're not attacking fu- – like how much of them are going after beer ads or fucking – did you see that on South Park this past week with the fucking fake commercial that they made? It was funny as shit.
2: <laughs> I um, didn't see it. Was it good? If you
3: haven't seen – oh, yeah, it was a live-action commercial they made with the South Park guys. They were talking about freemium games. And then they were talking about, you know, like, how can they advertise this stuff, blah, blah, blah. And then they just cut to a commercial for, like, a beer company. And it was like, drink beer, pussy, pussy, drink beer, titties, booty. (laughs) And it was just, like, quick cuts of, like, girls and drinking and stuff like that. Same with, like, any major sporting event. Any major thing has sexualization on it because sex fucking sells. And you can never get rid of that because everybody on the planet has a sex drive for the most part. There are a handful of people that might not. Or that have like, quelled it into like submission, and they just don't acknowledge it. Yeah, like Subman. Yeah, but still, <laughs> it exists. And using it to sell a product I don't think is always necessarily bad. I think if you then go home with your new car and you're like, hey, honey, why aren't you washing my car in a bikini right now?
1: That's <laughs> See how that when works it,
3: for you. <laughs> that's when it crosses that line where it goes, okay, well, we're using sex to sell because blah, blah, blah. I don't think that if I get a fucking Porsche that I'm just going to pull up in a parking lot – And 17 hot bikini models are going to come out with like sponges and soapy water and have a tank top fight. Well, they do that all the time in Canada, as long as the weather's warm. So like three days (laughs) out of the year? So not very (laughs) often then, yeah. (laughs) It's like the second Thursday in July. You're like, hey, it's tank top day.
2: (laughs) That's the time you want to visit, Brian. That's the time you want to visit. (laughs) And bring my (laughs) Porsche. That's right. But none of you are rampaging with your machine gun. That's frowned on. You can use a hunting rifle. There you go. (laughs) Okay.
3: (laughs) single shot machine gun.
2: We'll put a, a beaver pelt on your head for a hat.
3: <laughs> just like fucking Davy Crockett. There
1: you go, they're sexualizing like, the beavers. Yes.
3: <laughs> so yeah, I mean it's I don't I don't want gaming to get fucked up because I like games and I'm going into game development. <laughs> and I'm like please don't destroy the job I want to do. I well, don't think they can destroy it. I mean yeah, I, don't at, think so. I, best, I don't think they have they any want, push.
1: What they want is more, you know, more of an MPAA or more more of that Sort of puritanical uh, policing. They want they want people to scale things back a bit, be a bit less sexy, less violent. You
3: know, so more boring games.
1: Yeah, that, yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I don't have a sense that they would, you know, that they would stop and be like, okay, well, you made a f- few changes. You, you you put a little more clothes on Bayonetta or whatever, um, and now the Grand Theft Auto series is uh, features just as much. Uh, Like equal equality murder for everybody that you murder just anybody. It's just
3: a naked character. It's a 3D model. It's not a real person. It's a video game. It is literally an object. It is. Yeah. (laughs) Like, hey, that fake thing that will never exist in the real world has nice boobs. Yeah. Like that's what is that? Like, is it giving you an unhealthy? I don't expect my wife to be jumping around on top of buildings, shooting (laughs) guns everywhere. Like, ah, look at me take down a 30 foot monster. Like, I don't expect that to be a real thing because I can subtract reality when I'm playing a video game. I don't think that they associate equally like that. But I mean, I could be a a limited number um, from every state that's ever been done. Doesn't seem that way. But, you know, I could be wrong and so could all of science, I guess, and psychology. But, you know, (laughs) that's up for um, them to decide, I guess, with their just anger and vitriol.
2: Yeah. Well, uh, my background, uh, I think Brian knows this. My background's Mennonite. And though I was not raised in the old colony, like the really old fashioned Amish like, uh, I have relatives who are that way. And so I've been able to see the end result of this uh, left or right politics, doesn't matter, of saying, you know, don't objectify, don't sexualize women, cover them up, cover them up. Like, let's just go to the end game. Just put a big sheet over them, have a have a character running around in a sheet. Then no one's objectifying them, I guess, at least not the wrong way. Look, there goes a sheet. Don't they already have that in Luigi's
3: Haunted Mansion?
1: Oh, maybe just <laughs> characters in sheets. I We have that, we have, to have that here in the American South, but it's, people
3: it's... sexualize everything. Like that's the thing. There, there are like whole subreddits of people just jerking off on statues. Not even <laughs> just statues of shit. Yeah. So They're
1: literally jerking off on the statues.
3: Yeah, just yeah. it's
1: called come on statues.
3: Oh, and it's like little yeah. figurines that are just jerking off on some of them are chicks, some of them are weird little toys, whatever GI Joe men, uh-huh. whatever. But there's literally things like that. You can fetishize anything, and there's going to be somebody that is, and you can't take that away from somebody's brain of what they find hot or not. Um, but what you can do is try to make a good quality game, and then the sexualization becomes not a factor anymore. Because when I played the new Laura Croft game, I was like, oh, yeah, that's a really pretty character, I guess. I didn't really give a shit. I was really worried about honing my bow and arrow skills so I could be a silent killer in the game because I didn't want to use the machine guns. I mean there were some very rapey vibe type things in that game, but I think that was kind of what would naturally happen if you were a young 20-something-year-old lost in the middle of the fucking woods and a crazy militant tribe caught you and you were the only girl around. That's kind (laughs) of what would happen. It's also – it's an art form. okay? so
2: when (laughs) – again, we'll do the left and right. When the left criticizes the right – Uh, When the right goes after art, it's like, oh, this is pornographic. There's, you know, boob showing. That's not pornographic. It's art. And you should let it be in the museum or whatever. You should let it be shown. Okay, well, let's turn around the same thing. Video games are art. Movies are art. They're going to have stuff in them and part of the larger production for their own reasons. You can't pick that one little incident out of the video game or the movie and say the whole thing is violent or the whole thing is misogynistic. You have to understand the context. I wouldn't say the that
1: the, I'm sorry I wouldn't say that the left doesn't go after art though I mean at the American, the last American atheist conference a number of uh... Atheist bloggers went went in after Adam Brown pretty hard for oh, yeah? daring to display nude women at it, at the art show. Oh really? Oh yeah. Yeah, you
3: didn't hear. But yeah, we talked about that on A News. Um, we had Adam Brown. I think he was on that episode. Yeah, they were pissed off because there were nude women, but not nude men, or something like that, to the <laughs> of his art gallery. And I was like, I was telling Lee, we just need to go there and have a dick arena. Just have like fucking <laughs> black and white drawings that I've made myself of dicks, and just hang them all over the place, and then put boobs on them so it's equal. There you go. But I mean. dicks with boobs?
1: Did you? Yes. Yes. I just lost my appetite.
3: Ribbed for her pleasure. (laughs) Um, If Brian ever creates
2: his own world like a
1: god, I do not want to be on it. (laughs) Atheism better be true, man. It
3: really better be. I get some magical powers. I'm just like, that's a dick, and that's a dick, and that's a dick, and that's a dick. (laughs) They're just bouncing around like fucking pogo sticks. By themselves, it's <laughs> like down the street. See, there's no way I could not picture
1: that just now. Force that image into my brain, and it'll make a funny noise. Like...
2: So just remember this when you're when you're uh, making designs for video games, uh,
3: Brian. I know. I've already got the dick game in my head, <laughs> and it will literally be an object you collect. <laughs> <laughs> and I doubt that you'll get any shit for objectifying men for whatever reason. That's, you get a pass on that because dicks are funny. Yeah, they are. (laughs) Dicks are just funny. They flop around and stuff. Louis C.K. (laughs) said it best. He said nobody, nobody jerks off while laughing because somebody asked him about why he had naked men in his in his comedy on HBO and not women, and he goes because nobody laughs when they're jerking off. (laughs) (laughs) No, they're like dicks are funny. yeah. Yeah, dicks are funny. They're just floppy and doofy. Boobs are pretty. Even like there's more girls, even straight girls like, oh, yeah, she's very attractive. Pull a dick out. (laughs) is a giggle. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That's why guys are an inherent disadvantage when it comes to sending selfies. Yeah. (laughs) We're just just not that good at it for whatever reason. We got to have something funny going on in the background. Yeah. Can't just be like, hey, check out my abs.
2: Yeah. Have you guys followed at all about the uh, the different, uh, let's say, the the four major five major figureheads that have been making all these accusations of denouncing nope. gamers?
3: Nope, because I don't give a fuck about them. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what do you mean by figureheads? Well, I don't. I wouldn't call them leaders of the anti-gamergate, because I think they're pretty much as disorganized as the gamergate movement, uh, as far as leaderless, but uh, the, the figures that jump out tend to get most of the attention, uh, which be like Brianna Wu, um, Sarkeesian, um, you know, the people who, the news likes to ask them easy questions, and... <laughs> And nod their head as a general rule. Have you watched any of them, for instance, on uh Pacman, David Pacman show when they talk uh, talk to him? No, I saw, I,
1: saw Ke- I saw Wu on there. She did uh, it wasn't that bad of an interview. It was, it was a I fine saw interview.
3: stuff on Sarkeesian a long time, like fucking two years ago probably, when she started this whole um uh, cherry picking for her stories. Yeah stuff of video games. I saw that and then I was just like, Yeah, I'm done with that.
1: She's a culture critic, man. She's got a degree in
3: cultural criticism or something. Because that's a fucking thing. What's in that textbook? Look around and have a bit an opinion. Look around and be angry. Yeah, like (laughs) be mad about things in culture. Like that's like a four page document. Did She get in a PDF. Like how the fuck do you have a degree in that? What is what is the degree in that? Like trying to find a problem that you can use to exploit to get popular? Because that seems like what happened.
1: The, the, the problem with focusing on the literally who's, you know, LW1, LW2, <laughs> is, is that they love that. that's exa- They want that attention really, really badly. And I, I think it'd be best to focus on issues one at a time and say, okay, is it okay to collude in a, a back channel to, you know, to shape the journalistic narrative? Is that okay or is that unethical?
3: Um, I mean, I feel like a lot of the serious gamers that I know heard about this one. Meh, I've got games to play. Shut the fuck up. Right. I think that's like, the right they, response. They, they don't give a fuck about it. Like, that's how I'm like, I'm going to play video games. I don't want to fucking sit there and debate one of these well, idiots about I, it. Like,
2: honestly, I think that the areas that people got most angry, uh, what, uh, there was a large uh, proportional response, was from people with uh, Not Your Shield. I think uh, women who don't agree with them, that didn't like them speaking for them, people yeah. who uh, are not, you know, pasty white guys, they went, you know what? Um, maybe you guys should just not speak for us. And then they got flack for it and they were accused of being white guys. And I think it turned into this whole thing. It's, I think it's still going on. It's just, uh, what a bizarre resort uh, or a retort is to go. Well, you must be secretly white guys to like thousands of people. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, that's a, that. If you see everything in terms of identity politics, then you know you just assume that surely everyone else does. Surely they they you know react in terms of their identity rather than in terms of you know what they enjoy doing in their spare time,
3: or that they jump to the fucking logical incorrect idea that just because they disagree with them they're the thing that they're arguing against that they're the actual like oh you will I, I argued against white guys so you must be a white guy for disagreeing with me yeah i guess maybe they're trapped within a certain perspective
2: and your way what you, what's happening is outside of that yeah. so, so they're just like well it can't be that way it must be this way
1: yeah well there's yeah, I and mean, I mean, there's plenty of room for false flagging though i can see being paranoid on the internet
2: yeah well yeah but that's what i mean by the numbers like just the scope the scope of it though seems really bizarre
3: I just miss the old internet when people could be shitty and then all you did was go, meh, I'll go somewhere else. <laughs> like they had like different fucking servers back when I played Quake 2. You had like the ones that were shitty where people would just talk shit to each other the whole time, which is kind of fun if you're good at talking shit or <laughs> just like the ones where everybody was like mic muted and they were just there to fucking play the game. But I mean, I want to build a game around talking shit sometimes just because I think it would be fun if the whole point was to distract the other team enough to where you could win because you've talked shit so well. You've got to be quick, witty, witty, you know, like a good smart ass, whatever. And you talk shit for five minutes and you're done. Next round.
2: Years ago, um, I had an idea for an online golf game. Cause I don't understand golf games, why people like them, but some people, they could play these things all day. So I said, they should make a golf game where other people can be the caddies. And just and, give
3: bad advice.
2: Yeah. Or <laughs> like give good or, or bad advice, but you can also try and distract the other guys. You're really going to a pitch wedge on this.
3: When well, I'm two inches from the hole. Yeah. <laughs> pitch and wedge. Probably going to go and swing it as hard as you can. It's a, it's a steep uphill lie.
2: You develop a set of skills, so if the other other guy that's playing against your dude uh, is about to swing, you can try and cough or something when he goes to swing and screw up his hit.
3: You can shoot him with a water gun. <laughs> it, it basically it turns into basketball, and I always wanted to play that game in real life. I wish that was a real sport. <laughs> Did you ever see that movie? Yep. I wish that was a real sport. I would tune in every fucking day it was on. If it was just dudes, just people, male or female, I don't give a shit, anybody can throw a ball at a hole in the wall. But just them talking shit to each other that would be great I would have a blast watching that and that might make me a shitty person for loving to watch people talk shit to each other <laughs> but it's hilarious as long as it doesn't end in violence like you can't like beat the shit out of somebody you're just trying to fuck with them long enough to where they don't score a point
2: point. and that's where the uh, uh, boxing or uh, mixed martial
3: arts picks up <laughs> yeah they could have like a, the, the, the second round for that like you know like first round is basketball then the the winners of the shit talking contest get to go against the losers of the ba- basketball <laughs> And they fight it out.
1: <laughs> I was, with a shit talking contest, you're gonna to need to
3: have a panel of impartial judges, which is why we need ethics in video game journalism. That's true. <laughs> well, no, 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 because no, it's just you versus the other player. If they miss the shot, it's because you were funny enough or clever enough to distract them. Oh, okay. So you're shit talking about being judged directly. No, the pan. No, you're talking shit directly to the person, trying to distract them, fuck them up, mess them up, anything like that, without touching them. So then if they miss the shot, like, it should be, like, something really kind of easy to hit. Like, I don't know if you ever saw the movie Basketball, but that's a really good example of what I'm talking about. It's a really funny movie. It had Matt, Matt Stone and Trey Parker from South Park, in it It was written by the dudes that used to do the Naked Gun movies and shit. Oh, I thought they had written it. Uh, the, the other guys no, wrote Yeah, the other guys wrote it. They, they were just acting in it. But that movie probably wouldn't have been the same if it hadn't been for them. Yeah. But um, I'm not sure how much of their own, like, jokes and stuff they wrote, because he does do the Cartman impression in there. So... <laughs> But yeah, stuff like that where the the actual measure is did you distract – like the, you got like points for psyching somebody out to where they messed up. So yeah, I mean that game would be a lot of fun, and that's something I would love to see where it's just talking shit because me and my friends used to just talk shit to each other when we play video games together. Like if we were just playing like 2v2, like it was all a bunch of friends. We're just ragging on each other. So have you guys um,
2: noticed – I I don't know how much you follow the – like I say, the discussions and interviews and coverage in the, in the mainstream media – I have uh, my own personal perspective is I have seen a lot of conflation when they go on these shows where they want to talk about the death threats they get and the uh, hostile comments online Mm -hmm. and the other underlying issues don't get really discussed.
3: Well, there are some serious issues online with people doing that, like people swatting people. Like those are like serious things. Somebody just talking shit on the Internet is not always an actual threat. It's just them being like, it's a knee jerk reaction to being pissed off at something. And they just comment before they think about it. Um, if these were legitimate threats, then they should be contacting the police about every single one of them and having police go and interrogate every single one of these people. But they know it's not true also. And also. To his credit, David Packman
2: actually asked Brianna Wu. He goes, I've gotten death threats of uh, threats of different kinds. Some are serious, some are not. And the serious ones, uh, I did go to the authorities and the FBI told me not to talk about them and we never brought them up on the show. So can I ask you why you have been going around publicizing your death threats? And she took issue with the fact he was calling it publicizing, but really, that's she. She went, you know, well. She said she was running for her life and hiding and couldn't uh, contact another interviewer. Um, she was talking to CNN, MSNBC. She was even saying this in the same discussion. Um, but that's what I mean by conflation. It's not that death threats aren't serious; they are. But as soon as they bring this up and keep hammering on it, it seems like it shuts down all the other issues that are not people threatening to kill each other.
4: I hope you die slowly and you f-ing burn in hell, you damned blasphemy. And you should realize that your entire life has been a delusion and that right now your destiny is all f-ed up, f-ing atheist. Go yourself. You, sir, are an absolute ass. Your feigned intelligence is nothing more than the fart of God. You suck. Go burn in hell. Satan will enjoy torturing you. Christian living for God. There is a God. Her created all of us. The only one who is blinded are the unsaved and stubborn. Everything Darwin said is wrong, and evolution has never been proven, and nothing is evolving now. The Bible is the best book. (gasps) Nothing even comes close to its accuracy, and if you think God's judgment is bad, the devil has worse in store for all unbelievers. No punctuation at all in that one. Doesn't scare me. I mean, I, I rather pity these people. They react in a way that sounds defensive and actually really rather pathetic. Ha ha! You f***ing dumbass! I hope you get hit by a church van tonight and you die slowly.
3: <laughs> and I think a lot of these people also need to being popular, need to being in a limelight, because you know I'm sure that Angelina Jolie, Brad Pitt, Jennifer Aniston, all those people get tons of fucking bullshit threats on the internet. Yeah. But they just don't pay attention to it because they've got real shit to do.
2: Well, I'm sure they probably also report it if they're serious. Yeah. But but like you say, they're more experienced. Than they've been told you don't say anything, and they don't.
3: Yeah, it's like people are going to talk shit, and if you reply to it, they're going to keep going back because they want that response because they're people that are talking shit are sometimes trying to get just as famous as the original shit talker.
2: But before they uh, were able to uh, – for instance, in Brianna Wu's case, isn't it fair to say that before she started talking constantly any, to anyone that would listen about these death threats, only people in her own little social, social you know circle knew who she was? I, I think it's unhealthy for the media to keep pulling this issue back to the forefront. You know, if death—if she is getting death threats, it's not going to do her any good in the long run. There's a reason the FBI says, don't go around talking about this. <laughs> I think I think there's two reasons I've heard. I think the first one is that it can cause uh, people to repeat it, like mm-hmm. the, to copycat. And the second one is it could just give enough attention to the person who made the death threat to
3: try and follow it up. Yeah. So getting popular is, is a bitch sometimes. I mean, people need to understand that. I think that whenever people know who you are, know your name and either agree or disagree with you. Cause I mean, you can have stalkers that love what you do and they're like, I want to marry you. And then they show up at your house with like a fucking cardboard cutout of you and shit. Like they can go both like no malicious intent at all. They just are infatuated with what you're doing. And I think it can go both ways. I think that, um, yes, serious threats should be taken seriously, but just somebody calling you a shitbird on the internet. Well, even is- that isn't, isn't endorsed by any intelligent person
2: on either side. Yeah. Like it's the dis- the d- disagreement we're having is being joined in like all things on the internet by people who are anything from just bored and irritating and inappropriate to a few psychopaths who are just looking for an opportunity to send out a
3: threat. Both, yeah. si- both sides what, have what, them. What
1: motivates them to send out the threat though? Like, why
3: Why Brianna Wu? Entertainment value. Hey, look what I got this person to do. Because they'll report, back I, I, I don't think these are, I mean, this is me just completely speculating here. I don't think these are, like, isolated individuals doing this. I think it's, like, maybe a forum group or somebody like that that's like, man, can you believe this fucking person? I'm going to go say something. They go say something, screen cap it, take it back to their group, and they're like, look what I said. Well, they're like, hey, I'll go fucking say something, too. We'll make a thread of it. You know, or they're, they're maybe a 4chan group or a 9chan or one of the other 8chans or something like that. They could just – I mean they do shit like that all the time. They, somebody pisses them off, and I miss the old 4chan where the second somebody go in there and go, hey, man, this person really pissed me off. The first reply will probably be not your personal army, bro. Well, the reason
2: that they're being targeted uh, in this case is just I'm assuming this person that's doing it either gets some kind of a thrill out of doing it. But more specifically, I think it's to intimidate them. That would be why the threat is issued, I, I would guess.
3: I don't uh, think it's like that. I think it's more like a high school bullshit of like popularity contest. How does it, but how does sending anonymous threats make you
1: popular? I don't understand.
3: Well, because I'm not saying that they're because do- they're not anonymous threats. They have their Twitter handle attached to it. They have things like I mean, they're not sending a private email to this person.
1: No, these are these are one and done Twitter accounts. They're like they'll make the account and then they'll throw it away.
3: Yeah, and then they go show everybody at their whatever forum they're on or something like that. Like, hey, check out what I just did. Well, that's just speculation, though. Yeah. It,
2: if but if you well, want I'm, if you want to get deeper, I I would think that this gets into the realm of psychology of people with some uh, problems with disorders or even, uh, something's pathological about them. I, I have sat in the room with someone once that I know very well, and she was having uh, an argument with someone online and, uh, she eventually said, well, to the person, I forget what the relevance of it was relevant to the conversation. And she's like, well, I have cancer and I'm dying of it. And then she signed off and closed the account. She's like, that'll teach him. And she well, didn't, have, she did not have cancer. Yeah, this is someone I know, and I'm like, this person has some psychological problems. That's why I'm sure they did it. Was this an argument about cancer? Uh, something to do with health, I think, is probably more like, it. I can't remember the specifics. It was a number of years ago. Uh, but it, the part that disturbed me, and I do remember, is I was just like, like, holy shit, you, you can't go around doing that. And they're like, well, why not?
3: <laughs> is like, it bad that I just thought it was funny that they did do that?
2: Well, as a story, looking back, I guess <laughs> I could laugh about it because of how bizarre it is. Like it's a dark But well, yeah, Then I'm of just sitting there, like,
3: what but... about the person that they were talking to that they said that to? Now they're like, "Holy fuck!" Uh, well, that's fuck, the whole oh point. Bad for she,
2: talking shit. Yeah, she wanted to stab them in the heart, basically, across the internet, and go, "Now I'm gone. I hope that you suffer in some kind of emo- emotional way." Because I couldn't win this argument.
1: <laughs> well, that, That's exactly, that's the part that I have, I'm, I'm not like a super great humanist, but I do have a lot of trouble relating to that, like, the urge to hurt someone as bad as you can across the internet, yeah. like, like I can kind of understand wanting to get revenge on someone who's really screwed you over personally, like, in a really personal way, like, they sold you a car that caught flames or something like that, but, yeah. <laughs> uh, just, I mean, just to take an example from down the street, okay, but... But this this whole, like, I want to really hurt somebody on the internet, like, you don't know them. Like, all you know about them is they made some annoying videos. Why not just be like, Man, they're annoying, you know? Yeah. Well, the I, is back
3: to the, don't watch the videos. Don't pay attention to them. That's what more people should do is just be like, nope, fuck them.
2: Yeah. Or like Brian says, if it's really that bad, just turn off your computer walk away for a while. And when you come back, yeah. look up somebody else that's not going to yeah, make you guys- want to... Follow
3: things that that you like and that you like to give compliments to. Don't follow things that you can only give negativity
2: to. It's okay okay to enter into debates or even disagreements, but when you're getting to that point where you're not thinking clearly, then it's – even with me, a lot of times uh, I will actually put my device down before I respond to something if it gets under my skin just so I don't send out an immediate angry response. That at the time I feel is justified, and maybe it is justified, but I don't. Later on, I regret it. It means I've well, lost. I lost.
3: I used to always say, "Just go jerk off and see if you're still pissed off." After <laughs> <Yeah. that." laughs> look totally. at pictures.
2: Look at pictures yeah. of dicks and laugh.
1: <laughs> yeah. yeah, either, <laughs> either one's
3: good. Go do anything else besides just do that knee jerk reaction to just talk shit. I mean, there's a lot of times I'll see something on my news feed and I'm just like, I'm not even gonna comment. I don't care. I, like I don't care enough to get into that debate. Like it'll be on politics or fucking economy or religion or something like that. And I used to be like, yeah, let's fucking have these arguments. And I was like, I'm not going to, I'm not changing anybody's mind. It's a fucking waste of time. I have my own platform to talk on. I can go on a news and say whatever the fuck I want to or apartment J or anything like that. I have my own platform to talk from. I don't have to have this debate with someone that I'm really, I don't care about. And I'll create something for people that might be like-minded as myself that they can listen to and be, I, I would rather create not an echo chamber but a place that's positive for the people that like the same things than negative for the people that hate the same things.
1: Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I don't enjoy right-wing politics or left-wing <laughs> politics. Man, there's so much like reactionary <laughs> stuff where it's just like yeah. let's go after the shit we hate. Let's rile up the masses. Oh, yeah. My, ugh, so Get your pitchforks
3: and torches. We got shit to well, do. One of the yeah. things
2: one of the things about in the US is that uh, there's a lot, I think, more polarization because there is only two parties and that, I think, tends to side people on left and right a lot more sharply, uh, whereas in countries like Canada, it's, I, I don't know if I've, I've told you, Damien, I'm, I'm up in Canada. It's just
1: I can tell. You, <laughs> you've you said a number of words yeah. that kind of gave it away.
2: Yeah, uh, plus the joke about the beaver hat.
1: Yeah.
3: Um, we don't have beavers so here in America.
2: So our, our system is not, it's like, it's perfect. It's definitely not. It's got a lot of problems, but we have multiple parties. We don't have an official two-party kind of system in place that makes it difficult for third parties to crack in if they get a following. Um, and that allows for a little bit more of a discourse about where you differ from the major right party or the major left party. You can say, well, you know what? I'm going to go and vote for this other party uh, that isn't as popular right now, but it will make an impact because if a few seats go to that to them, that will send a message up the chain to the other party, and they'll take note." But in the States, it just seems like the whole system is set up for the two uh, boxers to enter the ring and punch each other oh, in the yeah. face. I mean,
1: Yeah, we... well, well, yeah. Well, like when we have a third party that does well, like in Florida in 2000, then everyone hates on them forever because like the people – I'm talking about really liberal people that voted green in Florida in 2000. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like if just half of them had peeled off and voted Democratic, then George Bush would not have been president for eight years. But they voted their conscience and spoiled Florida in 2000, and, and they will hence- – <laughs> and seriously, and like it's hard to take the Green Party seriously knowing that they uh, brought Bush into power in that way. And it's, it's the result of the way our system is structured. In a parliamentary system, of course, the Greens would have 5 percent of the seats, but that's not how our system is structured.
2: Yeah, I think that at first I was resistant to uh, changing our parliamentary system in the way that goes to percentage. But over the years, I've seen more and more why giving up some of the advantages of what we have by first call it first past the post right now. Yeah, um, there are advantages to giving that up for percentage. I think it's it's definitely worth um, the change. I mean, people won't like it at first, but
1: try to explain that to an American man who's not a <laughs> poli sci major. I mean, seriously, it'll, it'll blow their mind.
2: Well, the 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 nice thing about first past the post is that the idea is that you have your local guy that represents the local area. But in reality, that really doesn't happen anyways. <laughs> so give it a percentage. At least then you'll have proportion to, much more closely anyways, to what the, the local population actually wants sitting in the, in the legislative body. So for you guys, it'd be the House and the Senate.
3: What, um, back to video games, real quick question. What video games have they said were good representations of women? <laughs> I don't think they've ever done that. That's a good question, actually. Yeah, because I really... feel like that if they have this much power they should be encouraging things like I was saying earlier encourage the things that you want not the things you don't want. Yeah. Well, depression you know, quest. I don't think that anybody wanted that. Depression <laughs> um, quest is a
1: good it's a good representation of, you
3: know, sad women. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but no, like, you know, what, at what point in time, like, why can't they push for things that they do want? Like, I mean, I would like more a more socialized healthcare system. And I, I try to push for people that want that as opposed to being like, oh, I go like I'm very much anti-capitalism. I still have to shop and things like that. I just go to try to tend to go to more companies that do more socialistic type stuff with the way they pay their employees, the way they take care of their employees. And I try to promote things that I like as opposed to things that I hate.
1: Well, OK, I'm sorry to go back to Brianna Wu, but she does have a development, a game company. Uh, they, giant
2: they, Giant Space Cat, I think, right? Yeah,
1: and they make the kind of games that they want to see made, you know, with female well, protagonists good. kicking ass.
3: That's good. Yeah. That's a good thing. Like, that's That's what they should be doing. I mean, And I don't want to be like the, well, shut up and make it yourself type person because, I mean, not everybody wants to make video games. They just want to have something kind of like somebody might want to be a fucking doctor, but they also like to relax playing a video game. And they want an accurate representation of what they think a video game should be. So there is going to be a demographic for that. It's just I would rather build up than tear down most of the time. I mean, I'll talk shit. Like, I love talking shit and tearing shit down. But at the end of the day, the stuff I like is stuff that I want to build up.
2: But the issue with her, it's not like she is doing something positive the the problem is i i'm not okay i'm not going to accuse her you know i can't read her mind of why she is going around and talking about these death threats as much as she is uh, a lot of people are speculating that it's because she feels she's getting attention and it's going to promote her whatever she's active in so in this case perhaps her games will get more notice or whatever mm-hmm. but let's just say that that's not her motive uh, that she really is doing what she says and that she's worried that death threats are going out there and the game industry is not talking about it and she's breaking the silence. So, okay, so unfortunately, that's not the way these things really play out. She wants to get more female gamers into the industry. Are you promoting women wanting to come into this job field if they're hearing that they're going to be threatened and to be killed <laughs> and being told that no one's going to want to hire them because men won't hire them? she's not putting out a positive message with her concerns. It's just the negative. She's just plopping it down. And I mean, if I were thinking about going into field and I was hearing, um, you know, well, okay, when I was younger, I'll give you an example. When I was younger, I was thinking about becoming a cop. There was a period when I was thinking about this. And I was told repeatedly, um, you know, in the media, they're never going to hire a white guy. They're not going to hire white guys anymore. It's just not going to happen. And so I didn't go into that field. And then I found out later that they started hiring white guys all the time. In Canada? Yeah.
1: You guys have white guys?
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> no, I thought it's not, was all white guys. There's
2: not a lot of sun, so we all get pasty after a while. Yeah. So it's just, I'm talking about the message. If she wants to get women into it and get women excited, you can't just put out just the death threats. You have to have a positive, broader message. And she just, uh, when I've seen her, it's just not there.
1: Well, Death threats screw with your head, man. Like, I don't I don't know. Last time I got death threats, I I hunted the guy down. I found out where he lived. Oh yeah, uh, but uh, can you cut that out? Yeah, uh, sure. <laughs> uh, it's still a pending case. Yeah, but it, yeah, it fucks with their head though. And so when somebody does that, it it really it really does. So I I have a certain amount of uh, sympathy for that. I don't know why she'd publicize it though. It doesn't seem like the, the well, it doesn't seem like the best way to go. But um
2: well, like I say, if it was. Uh, Well, first of all, I don't agree that publicizing the death threats is a good idea, but if she's trying to do this, okay, fine, but I I don't think you're going to get what you're aiming for unless, like I say, you use that opportunity, say, let's say you're going to get on CNN, use the opportunity to get your foot in the door, and then spin a positive message like there's great opportunities in this field. Women um, have so much to offer that are not currently being exploited.
3: You can always honestly mention, be like, you know, yes, there there are always negatives, but that comes with having any job where you're in media. You know, everybody in the media gets death threats, and you can kind of downplay it somewhat like that. Um, but then, yeah, like you're saying, spin the positive, be like, you know, it's awesome to work in this. We make video games for a living. How horrible could that be?
2: Yeah, especially from someone who makes them, and and I, like she could probably have a lot of positive things to say. But I don't know if she's focused on that. Like you say, I maybe mean, it's messing with her head. But
1: but there's loads of video game developers out there, and the vast majority of them are not getting death threats. So she's getting the threats for, because she pissed people off in a certain way. <laughs> and and uh,
3: I mean, it seems to me like feminists get they just get a lot of threats for whatever reason. I they mean, every it, time Gears of War came out, Cliffy B got tons of them. For every oh, for day day you're fucking install – yeah, people will talk, because people will get pissed off if they don't like the thing that's not – you change this fucking mechanic. I don't like that. I'd be fucking dying a hole. Like people say shit like that because they get pissed off at things, and they think it's going to affect change when it really doesn't. Dollars affect change in a, in a, in a business world anyway. Yeah. So he if actually got s- threats though? Like Yeah, I mean I've, I've, I've seen him talk about that. Like people would just be like, I'm going to fucking kill you. I'm going to blow up your Lambo. <laughs> Stuff like that, like, but I mean, it's it's the internet. That's what you get when you're in the public eye and you're a spokesperson for a fucking AAA title. For fuck's sake, I mean, Bill Gates said it. I can't remember. I can't remember how direct it was, but he was, he's got a specific guy that just answers his email.
1: But we never just, heard you know. of of these women. I mean, except for Sarkeesian. we never heard of of Quinn and Wu until they started getting threats. Right. So that's and, that's part and, of how they got famous. It's a huge part of how they got famous. Yeah,
2: yeah. and in a sense, I think that, like by giving them attention for that. Uh, I think it gives. I think I can't help but think that it gives incentive to keep talking about it over and over again. If more and more people want to put you on their show to talk about this one thing, how can it not be encouragement to do it? Uh, It just seems to be this negative spiraling down. Instead of talking about, it's robbing us of the discussion of all the things games could be or are becoming.
1: I'm pretty cool with what games are, though. I mean. Is there a lot to complain about there?
2: <laughs> no, but I'm I, I not talking about complaining. I'm like the most people don't. Most people in the general sense aren't gamers. Like most of the population still wouldn't be considered gamers. So a lot of them don't know what's going on. If the news is going to bring people on, can't we have it a little bit about what they have become or what they are becoming in a, a broader sense rather than? Yeah, hey, there are ble- a bunch of there are a bunch of sexists. there are a bunch of death threats. If it diggers. bleeds,
3: it leads. Nobody's going to watch the headline. Oh, cool things we can do in the video games. Versus yeah. sex threats in video games. Bah, 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 yeah, uh, live yeah live exactly. And... Yeah, <laughs> exactly. The the news
1: is not here. They're not here to bring us good news, man. They might tack on five minutes of kittens at the end, but that's it.
2: <laughs> I hope they don't use real tax for that.
1: Oh, well, <laughs> that would
3: be in the lead. That, that, <laughs> that, would would be... yeah, that That's the front end. <laughs> that bleeds when you do that. Man tax kittens to house. Story at eight. <laughs> fucking last 30 seconds and thank you for watching also there's a kitten shelter down the street that's giving away free kittens this weekend thank you good night yeah <laughs> like <laughs> a kitten petting farm opened up you can go and just pet cats all day
1: oh, yeah, i'm not nice. sure what why why they it's all about ethics and journalism now it didn't seem to start out that way um but now that's you know that's the real focus yeah and that's you know i i suppose that is a lot better than talking about um these, you know, talking about specific women who've been threatened, I'd, well, I'd, I'd like much that rather if you,
3: Also, if you start bending it towards ethics in journalism, then you can start bending on what's considered ethical as print and to talk about
1: Well, I think that
2: I don't think people are, are trying to say that someone should be telling you what you can cannot talk about topically or content-wise It's just that, like I say, if they would just disclose their connections and if they're getting stuff, I think a lot of this disagreement would go away because A lot of people who care, if they would read an article and start out with, so I'm going to talk about uh, Face Smacker 3. Face Smacker 3 is a great game, but before we get started, I got a $10,000 supercomputer from this company, (laughs) and uh, so now let's continue. A lot of people just be like, okay, next article, or how can I get this guy's job?
3: The most difficult thing, of course, is to recognize that sometimes we too are blinded by our own. Incentives, And that's a much, much more difficult lesson to take into account, because we don't see how conflicts of interest work on us. When I was doing these experiments, I was, in my mind, I was helping science, right? I was eliminating the data to get the true pattern of the data to shine through. I wasn't doing something bad. In my mind, I was actually you know, a knight trying to help science move along. But this was not the case. I was actually interfering with the
4: process with lots of good intentions. And I think the real challenge is to figure out where are the cases in our lives where conflicts of interest work on us and try not to trust
3: our own intuition to overcome it but to try to do things that prevent us from falling prey to these behaviors because we can create lots of undesirable circumstances.
1: Can you imagine what uh, atheist blogging would look like if we had to disclose shit like that? <laughs> It'd be, it'd seriously, it'd be like, hey, uh, I'm going out to speak at this conference uh, in L.A. And me and three of all my other co-bloggers were all, we all got paid to go out there, and we're gonna have nice hotel rooms, and we're gonna get free drinks, and we're gonna get all these perks. Uh, and by the way, they also are gonna help. You know, I mean, like, they'd be like paragraph-long prefaces to
3: every blog post. But it post. doesn't really start like that all the time. Sometimes it's more like they gave me gas money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess,
1: I guess it depends on who we're talking about here, but I mean yeah. this idea of, of an elite that gets to, you know, they get the podiums, they get the, uh, the hotel rooms, they get everything comped Th- this, we have this problem in atheism. We have yeah. an, a, an elite group of people who so, are constantly yeah. pumping each other up and writing each other up. And then they get flown out places and they live in, they live in beige land, man. They live in these, they, I don't know. It seems to me like they're, that there is a certain amount of uh, just like incestuous network. I agree. Oh. Yeah,
2: I totally agree. with you. I, I've, I've discussed this in the past about how it seems like there's a certain uh, list. It's almost like there's a list. These are the people that we ask first and any of these people that don't fill up our ranks, then we'll go and ask new people. <laughs>
3: yeah. Also, <laughs> yeah. what's really funny is how that some of those people can get new people turned down because they might not like the new people. Yeah, that's a real oh. problem. Because oh, that's yeah, happened to me before. Yeah, that's happened to us before too.
2: Yeah, you and Lee were gonna go to Ohio, right? Yeah. Yeah, I remember that.
1: And it's happened to us at, when we're, we're putting a, a lineup together and somebody'll say, Well, I won't I won't be on the same stage with them. Oh and man. I mean that
3: doesn't really bother me because I mean honestly I don't really care that much. I, I just do. think it's that's funny bullshit, that people man. <laughs> that's bullshit to exclude. Well, people. it's it's bullshit, but like one performer saying they're not gonna do something if somebody else is in the same show. Um, I wish more people would stand by that when some of these um folks are on a stage. That would be kinda cool. But the more rational ones don't really care who else is there. They're just there to tell their they're they're they to do their hour and out.
1: Yeah, I'd, versus I'd other different. people
3: can bill it as being on a stage, sharing the same stage was one of the ma- other major players, I guess. Like uh, like you had you guys had a Canadian presenter
1: who got uh, busted for something pretty nasty uh, recently, did you not?
2: Oh, is young Messi?
1: Yeah. Like I could see being like, okay, this dude's really nasty. I'm not going to share a stage or a studio with him. I get that. You know, I get that. There's a, a level at which, you know, that makes sense. But you know, very few people have met that level of (laughs) moral depravity to where I'd say it's okay to
3: say I'm not going to share a stage with you. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't want to follow up my bit with the opening act was how to take apart a kitten. Yeah, right. right, Like I wouldn't want (laughs) to do that. How to tack a kitten to the wall in nine easy steps. And up next, Brian Allen. (laughs) Like I don't want (laughs) to fucking. I don't want that
1: lead in. Is this the kitten torture edition? What's? It keeps coming up.
2: People who love kittens have a love hate uh, relationship with them.
3: I've, I've I never understood feeling. The no, man. Oh, they're amazing. So are dogs. <laughs> so are all animals except for spiders. Tech spiders are the wall. Fuck them. Oh, <laughs> no. no I, just, I disagree. Spiders eat the worst. The the le, Never mind.
1: When it comes to the insects in the house. They get to your house, house and crawl on shit. I, <laughs> yeah, but, but they ate so many things that would have done that that it's kind of worthwhile in the end. That's why I have a cat. cat.
2: Oh. Uh, your cat uh, eats flies? We're yeah, never going to
1: see we're never going to see eye to eye on cat, man. I'm
3: sorry.
2: <laughs> I'm not doubting I'm not saying your cat doesn't eat flies, but that would be a cool cat, man. That would be an awesome cat. Yeah, she as long as, them. as long as it doesn't lick my face.
3: <laughs> now she just kills them and like breaks them apart and then leaves them there. She doesn't eat them. It's weird.
2: Well. No? <laughs> so, yeah,
3: I've well, got on a... that note, I have to go. Yeah, I have to bounce too actually.
2: Okay. Uh thanks uh thanks for both of you showing up and, and chatting about it. Uh, uh, hopefully I'll get a chance to do more work with you guys or at least connect with you online. Um,
1: yeah, you know how to find me. <laughs>
2: yeah.
1: <laughs> it was good uh, talking to you both and was good to see you uh, again, Brian.
3: Yeah. Same to you, man.
2: Yeah. Keep in touch. Uh, and Brian. Yes. Are you guys, uh, still doing live shows now? Are you going to be at doing? 9 PM tonight? Oh yeah. Uh, before you go, Damien, uh, um, yes. I'll give you an opportunity to tell, uh, listeners where they can find you and I'll do the same for Brian. And if you want, you can do a uh, bumper.
1: Oh, right on. I uh, I blog at SkepticInk, skepticink.com slash background probability, and if you Google for the Oklahoma Atheist's Godcast, that's our podcast that we have here. Do
3: you want to go, Brad? Sure. You you can find me at uh, (laughs) apartmentj.com. YouTube channel is the same name. We are doing our podcast live on Sunday nights at 9 p.m. now, and then I pull the audio, and I'll put that up on the website eventually when I have time. But um, we figured that going live like that would be a lot easier because then I don't have to edit. Or I don't have to cut a show after that because I have a full-time job and full-time student. Yeah, you're busy, man. So um, trying to do that and also have a, a nice, successful career in alcoholism is um, very <laughs> difficult. So I figured uh, let Google Hangouts handle the hard part. There, but, is, um, the, hey, there is no try. <laughs> yeah. But the, the, the fun part about that is that um, we actually – people can be in the chat room and bullshit with us and ask questions, and I can make fun of you for saying stupid things in the chat. So uh can anyone uh try uh chime
2: in or do people drop in or do you guys prearrange that stuff now
3: um well it's normally us and if somebody like interesting pops in the chat i might like direct message them the link to the hangout so um if you're funny or clever and probably not a republican i'll probably let you on the show <laughs> well i might uh, i
2: might uh show up at some point and see if you guys are looking for me or not uh to be on yeah. there i cannot promise i'm funny or witty but i can promise i'm not a republican
3: Okay, that's, that's for, You're Canadian. I don't think that exists up there.
2: <laughs> Thanks for dropping by. I hope you enjoyed. Thanks again to both my guests, Brian and Damien. I hope to have them each on again in the future. And just to let everyone know, we've added a couple of contact uh, emails to make it a little bit easier for you. Instead of contact us, it's asses at apostasynow.net. And I can't remember the other one right now, but it's good too. You can find it at the top of the webpage or over on the side. And uh, you send us an email, we'll get back to you. All right, see you next time on Apostasy
3: Now. The amusing thing
4: about this, it's all a big mistake. That particular Starfighter game was supposed to be delivered to Vegas. Not some flea-spec trailer park in the middle of tumbleweeds and tarantulas. So it must be fate, destiny blind chance luck even that brings us together and as the poet says the rest is history